Hello, thank you for joining us and welcome to the first chapter of Checkmate's Go podcast. My name is Odada Waska and I'm the Managed Security Service Team Leader of the Threat Intelligence Group and I'm joined by Yoav Arad Pinkas, a Threat Intelligence Analyst. Yoav, how are you today? Hello, excellent, excited to be here. Yes, it's, it's actually really exciting. This is the first chapter of us recording and basically our idea in this podcast is that we're going to sum up all of the interesting events and incidents that were reported by different security vendors during the past two weeks and also give us give you the listen our listeners the our two cent regarding each subject. Uh, you can also download the full report if you may uh, wish to review it in the description down below. So on today's agenda we have uh, four so what we think was our really interesting topics. The first one is uh, Simbad, a mobile adware campaign that was spotted on the Google Play Store. Uh, Norsk Hydro Aluminum Company was hit by Locker Goga uh, ransomware attack. That's one heck of a name, is it? Yeah. Um, two million emails were yet again leaked out of 350,000 clients from the Oregon Department of Human Services. Uh, there, that was exposed through one of their emails accounts. Yeah, and from the medical world, uh, an implantable defibrillator um, exposes patients to life-threatening hacks. We've actually discussed this one before the actual recording of the podcast, and this is a really interesting topic that we will discuss um, on the towards the end of this podcast. Uh, but first things first, let's let's start with Simbad. So, Checkpoint researchers have spotted a new adware campaign dubbed Simbad a week ago on the Google Play Store. We'll make sure to link the full article down below in the description. Uh, a total of 206 applications were affected by this specific uh, campaign, and their total amount of download exceeded 150 million unique downloads. And the, the campaign of Simbad was actually to show fraudulent ads and some phishing sites to the victims who actually attempted downloading those specific apps. So... Yet again, it, it raises the question of, I'm downloading an app from a trusted source. I'm downloading an app from Google Play Store. And yet, we can see that even though Google, both Google and Apple are performing some security checkups on the applications that are being uploaded to their store, still they are not 100% malware free. Yeah. Even the uh, software developers themselves were not aw- were not aware of the uh, infection, the malware inside their products. Uh, the reason was that they got they were using an SDK, a software development kit that was infected itself, and every application that was developed using that SDK got infected, um, and that way the applications in the in the shops. Um, were infected without the knowledge of the uh, producers. So how can you avoid, how can you check if the uh, application developer doesn't know and the uh, Google uh, store doesn't know? How can the the, uh, final customer um, maintain safe? So it's a good question. But but before saying that, you know, getting into an application by infecting the SDK is similar to what we see in the real world of hacking. It's called uh, supply, cha- supply chain hacking. I mean, when I'm, I don't have any access to that specific organization, so I'm hacking one of its suppliers. I mean, it can be the computer suppliers or the um, hardware suppliers. I can just go into that supplier, which is usually less protected than the actual 
company that I'm targeting and by infiltrating the vendors, we can actually get to the target company. Right. That we're so this, aiming is, at. this is a software supply chain uh, attack. Exactly. It, it's a new version of a supply chain since we're usually uh, used to hearing about uh, how hardware tampering on supply chain. And here we have a software tampering mm-hmm. that causes a leak. And on your previous question, I mean, how can we defend ourselves as the end users? So it's re- it's a real it's a real question about what the rogue application is trying to do on our phones but i'll give a, a general example of if you're downloading and an extreme example in that case if we were downloading a flashlight application that requests access requests permission to your gps location or your call records yeah. then obviously something is wrong yes. you know just go ahead and download another flashlight application. In so that a case. good way would be to check the permissions each application requires and uh, and view that as an alert sign. Uh, if if an application requests uh, access to services that don't align with its um, main target, then it might be an alert sign. Exactly. Don't go ahead and just click next, next, and you know approve everything yes. that the application is is asking for since we're not necessarily we do not necessarily know who wrote all of the code parts in that specific application great um, another interesting um, thing that happened this week Norsk Hydro a Norwegian company one of the largest aluminum companies in the world uh, so they woke up this week uh, to find out that they were the networks were hacked hacked by a famous um, uh, ransomware called Lokergoga. Um, it affected the entire system. They had to um, to switch to manual manufacturing, uh, manual production, uh, which they did in many of their factories. Um, what they couldn't really do was um, uh, use their backups on the uh, on the IT system. So they lost all their um, information about customers, orders, bills, etc. So that made it uh, a little bit more difficult to go back to. Uh, um, normal work. Um, another interesting thing about this attack was that Hydro declared that they would not pay the ransom. Um, so they emergency called all the uh, big software suppliers, they called Microsoft, etc., to try to help them reboot their systems. Um, but they wouldn't pay the, uh, the ransom attack. Um, we, we've seen a decline in the number of uh, ransomware attacks in the past uh, month. Uh, is this a sign of uh, ransomware attacks uh, coming back? Uh, maybe to mention that uh, a month ago, um, there was the same ransomware, uh, local Goga, attacked two American chemical companies. We don't know exactly what happened there. Uh, so is something changing? Well, you know, in, in terms of if, if ransomware is back, they were never gone, so to speak. I mean, ransomware was really, really popular in 2016 and 2017. And I think that back then, the threat actors that were operating those ransomwares have shifted their way of acting. I mean, if, if in 2016 and 17, we usually saw the threat actors that are operating really, really big phishing campaigns and email campaigns in order for every victim to just click their malicious exec- uh, executable. And once people like me and you were hacked, were actually infected, then they would go ahead and just encrypt all of the imported data that we have. You know, documents and movies and pictures that we have on our, on our hard drive. 
And in order to retrieve it back, they asked a hefty amount of money in order to get it back, usually using the virtual currency, Bitcoin in that case. And I think they shifted their way in thinking, how much can I demand from a simple person, so to speak? You know, I can't ask for too much, you know. So the ransom amounts were going around, I don't know, $900, $1,500. This was, um, this was the area of the ransom amount. Now, in 2018 and, and lately, we're seeing that the ransomware attacks, are sh- uh, threat actors have actually shifted. You know, they're trying to target organizations. And when they're doing that, they're realizing that organizations have a lot of money to spend. And more, 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 more so, I mean, if I'm, I'm causing a disruption on that specific company, I'm also causing them to lose money, which is another incentive of paid ransom and just go back to normal work. Those ransomwares are not like before getting into a computer and, and instantly decrypting all of the ha- uh, hacked computer files. No, they do recon and they do lateral movement and then they try to target the company's crown jewels. And when they get there, they also uh, worry about deleting all the backups and only then they are encrypting everything and they can, they can demand a lot of money in order to restore those critical files. And that's what we're seeing here on Norsk Hydro, yeah. uh, the Norwegian company. So instead of making a lot of uh, media noise and hitting a lot of small uh, targets, they're precisely attempting to hit specific targets and, and demand large sums of money. Yeah, I, th- I think they realize that it's more profitable, yeah. you know, instead of infecting like 2,000, I don't know, thousand regular com- victims and worry about them buying bitcoin and paying me i can just infect one big company and and do it all together in in one go interesting yeah um okay moving along to another huge data leak from the oregon's department of human services they announced that roughly two million emails with prote- uh, with protected health information for more than 350,000 customers have been potentially exposed after they experienced a very targeted spear phishing attack against nine of their employees' mailboxes. Um, so this, is, this happens really often. I mean, you know, spear phishing attack is real. And those spear phishing emails are, look very legitimate. I mean, the, one, the, the guy that receives this specific phishing email you know, all the data inside that email and the email address it was sent from is looks legit. And that what makes that specific person open it. Mm-hmm. Um, now about about this 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 topic, I mean, we see a lot of uh, leakage of the of our personal data that is stored among companies that leaks leaks around. And this is something that I think we need to discuss here. I mean, what do you think about it? I mean, we had GDPR last last year, which made a lot of noise, but yet we, we're still seeing a lot of data leakage. And I don't know if GDPR really has its teeth to, yeah. to punish, so to speak, the those companies whose their data is, get, is getting leaked. Yeah, we just, um, maybe another example of, uh, of um, data uh, handling uh, problem that we heard just this week, about Facebook holding hundreds of millions of passwords in plain text in their databases. We don't know if uh, the data went out of Facebook. We know that many people were exposed to it. Um, But it it comes to a question of 
if you fail to protect yourself from spear phishing attacks, etc., and people do actually manage to infiltrate your uh, network or databases, then there is another protection um, that you can use, that you need to use according to GDPR, which is not to hold your data in plain text or in a way that it can be exploited easily. So what can you do in that, say, in that sense? Exactly. That's a, really good, that's a really good point. I mean, when you're holding a combination of username and passwords, emails and passwords in, that, in, that, uh, in, in our example, then you're going to have to hash or at least encrypt those passwords when you're storing it inside a database. So even if an attacker gets to that database and manages to dump it, he, would, he will have nothing other than the email addresses. And those combination of email addresses and passwords are actually being sold in the darknet where threat actors are buying it and are using it in a very um, creative ways, so to speak. We're seeing lately a lot of extortion emails that are going along where the attacker claims to know your passwords and he actually knows your password because he bought that specific dump but that included your email and your personal password. And that way he managed to to convince you that he has a hold on one of your devices. And then he says he knows something bad about you, and if he has all of your uh, email contacts and Facebook contacts and LinkedIn and WhatsApp and everything, everybody that you know he, he's aware of, and he's threatening to publish this specific video or embarrassing photo or piece of information, and you would have to pay him a lot of money in order yeah. for him not to do so. So that's... Uh, you know, that's another thing that we're getting out of per our personal data that gets leaked. It eventually com comes back to us when those companies are not protecting this data properly. Right. Okay. And um, our last topic for, for this week um, was some vulnerabilities uh, found in a few models, dozens of, uh, a dozen models of uh, Metatronic heart implantable uh, defibrillator. Um, they were exposed by researchers, and they found out, found out that the communication between the defibrillator and its uh, um, medical uh, equipment that it communicates with is not um, uh, protected. There is no authentication of the uh, um, the, the other side of uh, of uh, communication. Um, nothing is encrypted. And basically, it's a, like a frightening scene from a, a from a movie or something, yeah. you know, like okay. somebody some, somebody from the outside comes in and deals with something, some medical device that you have installed in your body, and all of a sudden, you know, it's not only threatening your I don't know computer or smartphone; it's threatening your body. I mean, it's life-threatening risk all of a sudden. You know, cyber has become exactly. a life-threatening. Somebody risk. has a direct contact uh, connection with your with your own body. Um, the, the company said that uh, it's not as bad as it sounds, that you need to be in a very high proximity to the they person. They always do, by the way. Yeah, well, they, they, they didn't, they, many times they don't mean to do anything uh, evil, uh, definitely in this case. Um, and there's some justice to the point that uh, you need to be very close, you need to be around six meters away from the uh, person you need to, you, you're trying to, to hack in order to be able to communicate with the um, with the defibrillator, um, but it's something that is typical to medical equipment in general that we've seen in the past uh, a few years. Um, you can find very high end um, 
complicated, advanced um, medical equipment. Um, so we can find equipment that sits on uh, an absolute operating system that hasn't been patched, hasn't been updated, and that opens the door to anybody from the outside to come and use known vulnerabilities and hack it. Yeah, you know, it's, 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 really, it's really interesting since, you know, those, uh, those devices are probably costing millions of dollars to develop and probably to purchase uh, after by hospitals and all sorts of companies. And, and nobody's, nobody's ever there to, to ask what kind of software or hardware those uh, complicated machines are based on. You know, it, nobody thinks about it. And, and I mean, it, it's okay. I mean, it's not, it's not of their job. I mean, when, when, a, when that specific company is developing, I don't know, um, a life-saving device that sits in your body and, and, and manages your heartbeat, for example, then nobody thinks about the small yeah. stuff, you know, and all of a sudden we're discovering something that nobody was aware of, that someone can actually hack, remotely hack your heart, you know, and, and as frightening as it sounds, um, I mean, it's there. And uh, let's give a, a simple example. If I would ask you, uh, for example, what kind, which devices did you have at your own house 15 years ago? Uh, when you okay, you weren't a kid, and me neither. But that's fine. I mean, but when 15 years ago, what kind of devices did we have at home? Yeah, maybe, homes? maybe a computer. Yes. So yeah, we had a computer and a router, and maybe the first version of uh, of the tablet. But today, I mean, what do you have at home that that's connected to the Everything internet? Everything is connected. My and, boiler. Yeah, my the boiler shoppers. and the iRobot that's cleaning the house, and even my one of my daughter's dolls. I mean, the Barbie has. And a live internet connection, and those things can be used by hackers in order to be, you know, to get to get into your network, and then maybe lateral move to one of your most important things like computers or storage devices. So everything is, you know, everything is there. And not to mention that smart cars are right across the corner, and smart watches, and everything, everything is can be exploited by remote attackers. Excellent. Wow. That was uh, interesting. That was interesting. And, was I ha- and I had fun. Thank you for your time, Yoav. And that concludes our first chapter of the Checkmates Go podcast. I hope you had fun. We sure did. See you in the next chapter.